Welcome to Podland, the last word in podcasting news. It's the 20th of January 2022. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net. I'm Sam Sethi, the MD of River Radio, the podcast first radio station. I'm Abby Khan from Liju, and later I will be talking about the podcasting in China and the podcasting in the car. And I'm Brad Milkey from Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News in the US. And later I'll be talking about hitting 1,000 episodes, 1,000 podcasts. They will. Podland is sponsored by Buzzsprout, podcast hosting made easy with free learning materials and remarkable customer support. Last week, 4,300 people started hosting with Buzzsprout, which is up 1,000 from the week before. Uh, You can start hosting too with Buzzsprout at buzzsprout.com. Now, Podland is a weekly podcast where James and I delve deeper into the week's news from Pod News. And the first story up, James, is uh, Apple Podcasts has launched Listen With, uh, a podcast playlist service to help listeners discover new shows. What's this all about, James? Yeah, this is really good. This is a new thing from Apple. They're doing a bunch of new exciting things around podcast discovery, and this is just one of them. The idea, I think, here is that a guide, a trusted guide, in this case, Jay Shetty, who's the first guide to end up doing this, is basically listing some of their favourite podcasts and explaining why they like those particular podcasts. It's a great discovery tool, and I thought it was quite neat. Would you uh, end up using that? Yeah, I mean, I know Jay, um, so he's... A, he's you know everybody. <laughs> no, not quite yet, James, but working on it. Um, no, Jay used to be in London. He's, he's an ex-monk uh, and, yeah, converted. He's into mindfulness and, and tranquility in life. Uh, lovely, mm. lovely guy, done really well. So, yeah, look... He's someone whose opinion I would, you know, look at. His genre is probably not going to be what my genre is of of podcast listening. So I'd probably very quickly go, hmm, interesting list and move on. But I get the the concept. And the one thing I think I've said for 2022, my three big wishes for podcasting are discovery, interactivity and monetization. So if this is adding more user-generated discovery, which is what this is, and, and good on Apple, you know, um, and more of it, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Adding a celebrity to it means more people will look at it. Yeah, I think it's good. And I think, you know, it's one of two stories this week around um, large podcast companies helping podcasters, because obviously, uh, if you are a podcast which is in this, then you will benefit quite well out of that. Uh, the other one is uh, Spotify, who is paying for independent podcast creators and uh, creators from disadvantaged backgrounds to get into the podcast academy for free which is uh, quite a nice thing so um you know interesting seeing different podcast companies jumping in and um you know hopefully working on uh, helping those people in the industry now if you're a creator and you want to request to be included in spotlight uh, the listen with uh, and kids and family there is a form that james has put a link to and we'll put it in our show notes so you too can apply indeed um, i'm not sure that you too could Unless they're doing a podcast. It's my little joke there. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have Bono. You know what Apple and Bono are like. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, next up, we've got a really interesting story. In the US, the flagship podcast from ABC News called Start Here marks its 1,000th episode yesterday. Uh, since its launch in March 2018, the podcast host Brad Milkey has interviewed the country's biggest newsmakers and earned an Edward R. Morrow Award for Excellence in Innovation. 
I worked out, James, that for us to do 1,000 episodes will be 20 years from now. I don't think we're going to hit the goal, mate. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure we will. I'm not sure we will. I have done 1,000 episodes of the Pod News podcast, though. Uh, and I'll tell you, doing a daily show is not uh, the easiest thing in the world, particularly um, a couple of weeks ago when I lost my voice. So that was uh, a weird thing. Uh, I first met Brad at Podcast Movement in Orlando, and he'd uh, started doing the show. And it was really good to catch up with him this week as well, too. To talk more about Start Here. This started, you know, a few years ago when we were trying to figure out how to take the insane amount of news that we're dealing with right now and boil it into something that's about 20 minutes long that listeners who are used to a lot of ABC News personalities and watching on their TV could just listen to as they're going about their day. And I, as someone who's, you know, dealt with a lot of our reporters and I just love to pick people's brains, the thought was, Brad, why don't you just ask these guys what they're all doing with their day <laughs> and get the news that way? And I think that that really turned into something that was a very listenable show that lets you just hear what's going on as if you got a couple reporters, you know, talking in a bar or something like that. So you hit 1,000 shows yesterday. Many congratulations on that. What have you learned about a daily podcast after making a 1,000 of them? Yeah, I think we learned just how much you become part of somebody's day when you're podcasting. And I know that's something that podcasters, you know, in all shapes and sizes understand is, is that is how personal this relationship is that you have with listeners. But there's something about a daily show where you're not asking for money. You're not asking for, you know, likes and clicks. You're asking for real estate in their brain. You're asking for some time in somebody's day. And there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. I think that's, that's what I've learned, especially after 2020 and 2021, you realize how much importance simple facts carry. And I, I think that that's become more and more apparent to us is how valuable that real estate is in somebody's day. And, and you know, facts need to be the most important thing that you are imparting and, and you will have a real impact in people's lives from their communities to their health, literally their lives. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's certainly if you're a voice in somebody's home or in their car or whatever it is every single day, then, right. uh, then yeah, there, there is a certain relationship that happens there as well. Yeah. And I think that you're kind of rhythm that you develop with listeners like they know what to expect from you and then that allows you to impart stuff in a even faster way than you expect it's almost like you have a shorthand the way you do with your good friend you don't need to hear the whole story from them because you feel like we you know we just talked a day ago and and you really i think feel that even if you're not communicating directly back and forth with listeners every day so what's changed since show number one i think the show's gotten more spontaneous frankly I think we realized that early on we were terrified that, you know, what if we don't have enough segments? What if there's not enough news that day? What if we don't have anything to say? I think we realized the last few years, like the news was there. <laughs> that was not yes. the problem that there wouldn't be Particularly enough over the news. last few years. Yeah. yeah, Like literally as the show is being born, we go, oh, there's enough news. That's not the problem. Mm. So all of a sudden the issue was not um, making this show something that sounded um, incomplete or not urgent. It was just it, being timely, I think, became more important than ever. And so while we used to have a lot of evergreen segments, we used to have a lot of you know segments in the can just to make sure that it was there, that became less and less important to us. In fact, it became almost a hindrance. You wanted to make sure that you were relevant Mm. every day that this sounded like something that was not that could not be mistaken for last tuesday mm. and so as a result 
I think functionally, it meant that we needed to have a team with more resources that could turn around stuff quicker. And that has happened. ABC has given us the resources over the last few years to like make that happen. And I think it makes a big difference. I think listeners notice. I was watching uh, Stephen Colbert the other day. Uh, apologies, because I know on a different network, but he was saying uh, what it was like on January the 6th last year and how he basically had a show written. Uh, he had a show completely planned. And then all of a sudden, you have to start all over again. How, how many times has that happened to you? And, uh, you know, is, the, is that something that is just going to going to always be one of those issues with a daily podcast dozens and dozens and dozens of times we've completely changed our show at the last minute you know this is a show that takes all of the 24 hours that we have to make happen and at many points during those 24 hours it can change um things pop up that you weren't expecting stories gain relevance they lose relevance and what you're trying to do is hit that sweet spot where somebody wakes up and you can offer them what is going to be driving your day mm. and then there are the stories that just completely change everything like they completely blow everything out of the water it's not a new development it's a new like we live in a different world all of a sudden that happened several times during covid in fact i remember president trump getting covid i remember that night at you know late at night we've put the show to bed and i am asleep and all of a sudden I wake up to my apartment buzzer ringing and it's our executive producer. He's taken a car to my apartment and is buzzing my apartment. I'm like, Brad, I don't care what you're doing. He's buzzing my neighbors. I don't care what you're doing. You have to get out of bed right now. The president's got COVID. And there have been several moments like that, but that's the, that's the, like the pinnacle of, oh, there's nothing else to talk about tomorrow today so tell me from a workflow basis how does it how does it work when does the show come out when do you record um uh, how does it work on a on a day-to-day -day basis we are basically going the moment the previous show ends we're starting again yeah. <laughs> with and that's where having a team comes into play so our show comes out at six in the morning on the east coast of the u.s so Imagine that's just happened. Basically, we have a um, producer who is sort of monitoring the flow of what's going on in the morning throughout the news organization. They're on calls with other producers and other platforms within ABC, just all the other you know shows that ABC puts out. Everyone's talking to each other about what the day ahead is gonna look like. For us, we're specifically wondering what's it going to look like basically 24 hours from now. It's an even, mm. it's, it's a tough challenge. Um, around mid-afternoon, our full team gathers, the people that have been monitoring stuff in the morning, the people that are going to be there later at night editing. We get together and we talk about what do we think is still going to be interesting now, you know, 12, 16 hours from now. And we try to plot out the grid, as we call it. And generally, we're looking for stories that we think are worth more than just a few headlines. Like you're going to get the headlines. Those will be on your phone mm. when you wake up and then before you turn into a podcast, you will have your little alerts there. So what is going to be something that you'd want to dig into for more than a sentence or two? Those are the stories we're looking for. And we try to really have a variety too. So uh, often the the grid can be make, you know, made or broken based on the variety of stories, making sure that we feel like we're giving somebody a really well-rounded view into the stuff that's shaping the world around them. Every time I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I have a look on uh, Twitter to find out if Boris Johnson is still Prime Minister of the UK. And every single morning, inexplicably, he still is, uh, which is uh, a, a real a real amazement. See, th some things don't change. That's right. There's, there's, then there's the stories that don't change. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So what would you tell anybody who's thinking of making a daily show? I mean, honestly, it's the, it's one of the same pieces of advice I would give to any podcaster, which is 
be yourself and sound like yourself and be comfortable with the way you sound. Because I, I, I walk around ABC and there are people that have these like beautiful voices, like broadcast ready voices. And I'm like, that must be a performance. That must just be, I'll never get that. Then you talk to them and you're like, oh wait, this is just how they talk. The reason that they're so good at communicating is not because they've like <laughs> created this voice for them. It's because this, like the reason they communicate so well is just because they, they talk the same way off air that they do on air. And that inherently makes you want to listen to them. So some of them, I don't, I don't have as good of a voice as some of them, but as long as you can just remind yourself, like, this is what I sound like. This is what I sound like when I'm chatting with my friends. I think that makes all the difference. The other thing is just that there is a place for summarizing. And that's a big part of what a daily news show has to be is just summarizing what the stuff is going on around you. You know, just focusing that into something that's, you know, understandable. But you also had the chance to do your own reporting. And I think actually over the last thousand shows, that's the thing we've learned is we occupy this real estate with people where, where many of our listeners' primary news source, they tell us, that makes you realize, oh, we don't just have to summarize the news of the day. We can actually impart our own original reporting. I've been doing more and more sort of enterprise reporting on behalf of the show. And that really makes a difference to listeners. You can feel it. And in all of the shows that you've done, which one are you most proud of? You know, we, <laughs> any show, yeah, any show I think that... Uh, and you can't, And you can't. by the way, you can't answer all of them because... Uh, all of the shows. <laughs> well, uh, okay, I'll, te I'll, I'll tell you the general thing and then I'll tell you more, I'll tell you an actual show, but only after I say this, which is any show that involves regular people and not just reporter reporter mm. reporter is my favorite show like i at the end of the day i come out of my closet that i'm recording from right mm -hmm. now triumphantly like i've finally finished and there are some days when my wife sees this like gleam in my eye and she goes oh, you talk to a regular person today and i'm like yes <laughs> that is exactly that's always that's always the difference yeah. is there are days when i talk to reporters there are days when i talk to newsmakers and officials and there are days when i talk to regular Americans and people around the world that are being affected by the stories that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And th that's the difference maker, I think. And so then to point to a specific show, just a few weeks ago, there was a series of terrible tornadoes in Kentucky here in the US. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got up on a plane, we went out there and I traveled the path of one of these tornadoes that was actually the longest long track tornado this country has seen in a hundred years. I started at exactly the latitude and longitude where it started. I ended where it ended. We went with a team in a van and I met the people along the way that you'd heard the weather reports and you had heard the, mm. you know, the headline news, but to hear people in their own words along the way, I'm just so proud of that episode and sort of what our entire team was able to put together. And it all comes back to hearing from regular people people on the ground of these stories being affected by the stories we cover. So you've got uh, uh, another thousand uh, episodes or more to go. What are you looking forward to this year? I mean, I think more of that, frankly, I think more uh, letting our listeners have a chance to hear reporting that is start here reporting, not just ABC news reporting, but specifically mm. from the start here podcast. Um, I think it adds a, a layer of relevance and urgency and, really helps us in a strange way. I actually think that daily news 
with the change in administrations in the U.S. even, like news is moving just a little bit slower, dare I say, just a <laughs> little bit slower, hair slower yeah. than when, say, Donald Trump was in office. And with that, I think a lot of news organizations, including you know my team at Start Here, you realize, oh, we can take a moment and say, what is the the, the story that is that that needs a couple days to really dig into? And I think we're getting more and more of those opportunities. And I think it's um, resulting in really excellent journalism and, and really good opportunities for us to scratch the surface of these stories a little bit more. Well, many congratulations on hitting 1,000 shows. I'm looking forward to you uh, coming to report on the 2032 Olympics here in uh, sunny uh, Brisbane in Australia. I'd like nothing more. Oh, that's my that's my next pitch. Oh, I'm going to, yes. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the 10-year yeah. look ahead. Yeah, yeah, try and get your name down on that, and then I will buy you back the coffee that I owe you. So uh, <laughs> that That's right. Be, that Wait a minute. A yeah. good thing. Uh, Brad, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good talking to you, James. So uh, Brad's coming to Australia. Hey, James, that'll be nice. I wonder if I can get a ticket as well to... When is it the Olympics in Australia, in your hometown? So the Olympics is 2032 here in Brisbane. Um, so if you are planning a 10 years from now piece, then you need to be getting that into your news editor now. Um, and uh, then you can come out in June, July time, which of course is uh, is winter here. And so it's slightly less hot and humid. Um, so... Uh, uh, yes. So uh, very much looking forward to that, although I'm sure that there'll be so much building work over the next 10 years, it won't be fun. But still, there we are. Now, I guess, James, with you and with Brad, one of the critical things is to make sure your daily podcast gets out on time. Um, how do you make sure yours gets out on time? Uh is there a way that you can make sure it's sped up? Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, there are some podcast directories that are pulling my RSS feed and presumably the RSS feed of Start Here uh, every five minutes so that they see the new episode appear and, and it's instantly there. So the easiest way of doing that is either using uh, Web Sub, which, uh, is, um, which works okay for certain things but doesn't necessarily work perfectly, or Podping. And um, I did a little bit of research on Podping um, this week. It is currently seeing or currently announcing 139,000 new episodes per week, which is a pretty good thing. Uh, and there's a little website, I don't know if you've uh, spotted it, Sam, it, uh, called Podping Watcher. And you can actually see new podcast episodes appear in real time, which is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, whenever I've got trouble sleeping, that's where I go. <laughs> But no, it is it is fun to watch. And I guess um, you did some calculations, though, around if companies like Apple and Spotify did use Podping, which they don't, sadly, how much time and, and money they could save. Yeah, so I worked it out on uh, Buzzsprout's podcast. So Buzzsprout, which is our sponsor, they also support Podping. So as soon as you publish a new show to Buzzsprout, then uh, it gets onto the Podping system. They've got 107,000 active podcasts right now. So I worked out that that could be more than 18 million RSS feed requests uh, per month. And if you were going to have a look at um, 
uh, if you're going, going to have a look at that in terms of uh, Podping, well, Podping would reduce that from 18 million RSS feed requests to just 159,000. So that's a saving of 99.2% if you're uh, an accountant. Hello, Tim Cook. 99.2% of your bandwidth fees, your server time, your electricity, and you offer a better updated directory for listeners. And so I'm, I'm just there going, I wonder why people like Apple Podcasts or Spotify aren't looking into podping or doing podping because it's such a saving for them. And of course, it means that they're guaranteed that, you know, Start Here will be there at exactly 6am when it's published. You know, that would be a great thing. So it's a weird one, isn't it? More likely not invented here is the reason. I guess. Yes. Well, I think that that may be, may well be some of it. Or, of course, you know, they may may well believe that their current system works okay, and you know, they're the richest company in the world, or Apple, and Spotify aren't too far, you know, behind. So therefore, you know, it doesn't matter if they're spending ninety nine percent more um, money than they need to. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, it's a curious one. There is a new version of Podping coming out, which Brian and Alex are working on, which um, has a reason for the update. It's a reason code. And that reason code might be, here's, an, here's um, a new episode, or here's a refreshed episode, or it might be a live stream. So it might be able to promote the fact that you your podcast is going live, uh, which is very cool. Um, I think it takes something like 12 seconds for Podping to get all the way through through the system and announce new episodes to everybody so um yeah i'm you know looking forward to the new version of podping but the beauty is it's all backwards compatible so there's no additional work from my end but um that's looking that's looking pretty cool too i think i think the on-air element is going to be there to support the new live item tag that was announced last week so from Mm. what i understood from dave jones um that tag if implemented, would allow you to then use Podping's new version to tell your listeners that you actually have a live stream as well going live. Yeah, so this is where... So you are on the new media show with um, Todd and Rob um, uh, this week, and uh, they they could absolutely use that. I subscribe to that (laughs) as a show in my podcast app. My podcast app could, because it knows that I'm subscribed to that particular show, give me a notification saying, actually, that show's going live and either uh, be able to watch it directly in the podcast app or click out to um, a, a website somewhere uh, which enables you to do that as well. Uh, that's a really cool tool um, and really smart. And of course, I, I'm imagining pretty good for your radio station as well because there'll be people following the shows that you're doing on your radio station and you can actually say, hey, you can listen live right now. Um, oh, so that'd be pretty cool too. Mm. Yes, you're there we... rubbing your hands together <laughs> with that one. Strangely, I was listening intently to Dave and Adam talk about it and saying, hmm, "Penny's dropping here." Um, the yes. other one, the other uh, update to popping that might be useful for what you do, James, is that they can envisage using the GUID, the unique identifier for your podcast, mm. to signal when a podcast changes hosting company. Because I know you do that already; you track it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Well, it'll be interesting to uh, uh, watch and see and see how that works. Not quite sure why that needs to be an instant thing, but um, you can certainly see that uh, actually it would be useful to be told quite quickly when an RSS feed changes. So that's a that's a neat plan as well. 
Now, now have you go have you got your umbral yet, <clears throat> uh, Sam? You told me. I think you told me. I can't remember whether it was on the podcast last week or whether it was off. That you've <laughs> ordered an umbral and you're very excited by that. I did. I I ordered it just after uh, the new year. And I'm waiting on it, mm. and I can't wait because I have no idea how to work it. And so, guess who's going to get a tech support call? Yeah, quite possibly. So, <laughs> so you've ordered you've ordered a little box, have you? You've not you've not gone yeah. there. You've not done what I did and ordered all of the different parts and put it all together. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that would have been a silly, silly idea. Um, so, no, that that makes a bunch of sense. And so, you're going to have this beautiful svelte box with a, a picture of an umbrella on it somewhere in. Uh, in uh, Castle Sethi. Um, oh, yes. yes. Uh, so that'll be very nice. Can I just explain, James? DIY for me stands for damage it yourself. <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, we're very nearly at the end of a lot of renovation here. And um, the one good thing about all of this renovation and the fact that, you know, you can't see, but um, the walls in this office are. Um, uh, we've moved the door and, you know, and there's bits of wall which need to be plastered up and everything else. The good thing, though, is that I've now got wired internet for the first time in, in the house, which is great. So I've actually got a spot now. I just need to buy some nice shelves. But I've got a spot for the Bitcoin box, uh, which I'm going to be putting putting there. So, uh, yeah, so talk to me about DIY. My goodness, <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of hard work that we've been doing recently and that we've had been doing recently. But, yes, yeah, so, you're, so you're buying an umbral, and I would imagine mm-hmm. that one of the reasons why you're buying an umbral uh, is so that you can support value for value on your podcasts. Yes, for the radio station, completely. Uh, We want to implement that and see how that works. Now, of course, it's going to be very, very early adopters who who support us, but there may be some of them out there and, you know, worth trying. Um, Now, Dave's been a busy boy, Dave Jones from Podcast Index, because he also launched a version of an app on Umbral this week, didn't he, called Helipad. What is Helipad, James? It's basically a live... Um, view of all of the um, of all of the boostergrams that you get, which now a boostergram is a message alongside some money that someone sends you. So if they really like what you do um, and they want to repay the value that they get from your podcast, uh, then they can send a message uh, along with um, a bunch of, of uh, money in uh, Bitcoin. And so, yeah, that's um, that's a good thing, basically. Um, and so you can see that um, on an app inside your house um, called Helipad. It's a boost tracker. Um, and uh, I've been running a pre-release version for the last uh, few weeks, um, and it's really cool. You can see all kinds of messages and things in there. So, um, yeah, so that's going to make it an awful lot easier. But also, I think on the other side, lots of people who are using Umbral, who, um, which is a, a little Bitcoin hub thing for your house, keeps all of your all of your cryptocurrency safe. It's a piggy bank, really. Yeah, it's a piggy bank. That's, a, that's one way of putting it. Um, or, you know, a high security bank, um, maybe is the other one. Uh, or somewhere in between. I'm not necessarily sure that they would like it to be called high security right now. But anyway, what's pretty cool is you, you can you can actually just sort of basically uh, have this on a screen in your house. And it makes a pew pew noise when you get a new 
Sorry, um, what's land? Didn't get it, James. Do it again. Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> when you get when you get a new message or or new boosts, which is a really nice thing. So um, you know, early doors in terms of the user interface, um, but it works. That's the main thing. And um, and and the exciting thing about it is that there'll be loads of people using Umbral that won't yet be using value for value on their podcasts. And so it's a great way in for them to go. Oh right. Oh, I can earn Bitcoin in this way oh okay and 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 understand a little bit more about that so hopefully the next version of uh, elipad that goes into uh, umbral will have a little bit of onboarding information in there as well but it's very very cool it's um good news for um for for podcasting i think somewhere between my podping watcher and the helipad app on my screen um yeah i won't have a problem sleeping now (laughs) If you're confused about any of things that James and I just said, don't worry. James has been really helpful. Uh, He's got a guide to get started with Helipad. Indeed, it's a guide to get started with Helipad and value for value and everything else. um, And uh, well worth having a look at. You probably don't want to jump straight in to buy yourself an umbral node and all of that kind of stuff. But but there's certainly lots more information. You'll find it in our show notes. And if you're using a new podcast app, you'll also be able to click through from the chapter mark that you see right here. Uh, But that chapter mark will go away now because we're going to talk about other ways of earning yeah there's a new app on the block called Podinbox, which has launched a monetization feature to allow podcasters to get fan donations have you played with it yet, James? Um, I haven't played with it, but the idea very much is Pod Inbox is a voice inbox, so you can leave people voice messages, which sounds quite cool. Um, Evo Terra is already using it, so if you want to have a play with it, podinbox.com slash Evo Terra uh, is where to find that friend of the show. Um, and uh, what's quite neat about this is that as podcasters add fans to leave audio messages on their page, they can also say, oh, and by the way, while you're here, why don't you give us a donation as well um so it's a really nice neat uh, service um it's it's kind of like value for value but it kind of isn't because the downside of it is that it uses stripe and so therefore you're not giving somebody a fraction of a penny you're giving some somebody a few dollars um and that changes the the relationship a little bit because you know obviously stripe is going to take their 35 cents plus whatever it is 2.9 percent or whatever it, whatever stripe is currently is currently charging but it's another way of getting uh, revenue and value from your audience and um, if you've got audiences that might give you five dollars or ten dollars a go then yeah that sounds great uh, i reached out to pat and he's very keen to come on for next week so hopefully pat will give us a little interview and tell us more about pod inbox that's excellent he's the ceo isn't he of of, of the company he is Now, you've been interviewing people uh, in far-flung lands. Who have you been chatting to, James? I did, yeah. I I find podcasting in China particularly fascinating because we know nothing about it. Um, in uh, there's obviously the the language barrier, but there's just you know that just such a different market. Um, so a company called Liju managed something quite impressive last year. It became the first podcast app 
that uh, Apple has promoted in their Chinese app store. I wanted to learn a little bit more about this. So I spoke to Effie Kang, who's Liju's head of capital markets. It's a bit of a scratchy line from Guangzhou, but I spoke about how popular podcasting is in China, why the car is important, and how to make your podcast a success in the country. But first, I just wanted to find out a little bit more about what Liju does. Liju. Is actually a fruit of the lychee. Yes, the lychee fruit, which is a beautiful fruit. So yes, what 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 do you do overall as a company? Okay, so Lychee Group is an audio-based social and entertainment company. So founded in 2013, Lychee aims to build a global audio-based social ecosystem where everyone can be connected and interact based on shared interests. Okay, and you do an awful lot in terms of audio. You've got podcasting, you've got music, you've got, um, I think, social audio as well? Right, social audio as well as the audio entertainment business. So um, our business has three main focuses. One is the audio entertainment business and focusing on the China market. We started with our flagship product called Liju app, which allows users to create and share contents with our one-stop platform to meet users' demand on the content sharing, content creation, as well as the audio interaction. And we have expanded our business into the international market with our audio social app called Tia. So our overseas business focuses more on the social networking products and has been exploring the U.S. market. And as you know, we've been uh, tapping to the IoT industry and has integrated our audio products, including the Liju podcast, into some of the entertainment systems of the vehicles and IOV platforms, uh, such as Xpen Motos, as well as Li Auto or Huawei HMS for car. So podcast is an entry point for us to tap into the IoT industry. Yeah, and uh, automotive is is a real focus of your company. Um, you're in all kinds of different cars. Is, is this a bit like a normal podcast player or is there a little bit more to it? Mm, well, we think it's very important for both the content creators as well as the company. For the company, uh, we integrated our audio products into the uh, vehicles. Uh, it can bring us more addressable market for the grow the user base and target an even broader audience base and may support our revenue growth in the long term. So we started with collaborations with those auto companies. And firstly, we want to uh, integrate our products into those vehicles. And then we will explore like other opportunities, including improving the in-car audio systems, as well as uh, discover more potentials for maybe the commercialization in the industry. Yeah, no, really interesting. I think you're working with Huawei, which is a tier one OEM company, and you're, you're in Mercedes-Benz cars, which must be very nice. I'm looking for a car at the moment, probably can't afford a Mercedes-Benz, but nevertheless. And you're in uh, Xpeng and Ceres cars as well, I think, in uh, China? Yes, yes. We've uh, launched uh, the Liju podcast into some of the models of XPen. Um, and we also launched a live streaming podcast and collaborated with, with XPen to improve our in-car audio qualities. Yeah, and I know that XPen is growing uh, very, very quickly internationally uh, as well. I think, I think we can get them here in Australia, I think. 
So uh, maybe I should I should check them out. Yeah, some of the leading auto companies in China, even the EV companies, they are expanding their international market. Yeah, we certainly need more EVs down down here in Australia. I'll tell you. Um, so, how popular is um, podcasting and audio in China? Um, I have always thought, and and um, the the time that I visited uh, China, I always thought that China is very different in terms of media. What's the differences between China and other countries? Well, um, compared with other countries, the podcasting industry in China is still in an early stage and has a relatively lower user penetration rate. According to a third-party report, the user penetration rate of the online audio listeners in the US was around 46% in 2020, whereas it was only 16% in China. So the differences between the US market and the China market were due to the different user habits and the history of the audio industry. Well, I think almost every household in the U.S. they owns more than one car, so people are more used to listening to the radio in their cars and has a longer history of listening to the podcast in general. And we are also seeing more companies and brands in the Western countries are producing the podcast content as a way of increasing their brand awareness and reach a broader audience base. But I also think the lower penetration rate in China also indicates a growth potential in the future. And recent years, we are seeing an increasing penetration rate for the online audio as well as the podcast in China, uh, which is mainly driven by, first of all, the development of the IoT industry as well as the 5G technology, which provided us more audio applicable usage scenarios and including the increasing penetration for audio entertainment in the China's auto companies. And we are seeing more like smart home devices and smart wearable devices are available. These are another avenue for the podcast growth. And secondly, we are also seeing the increasing demand uh, for the creative contents uh, from the, by the Chinese, uh, Chinese audio consumers. Uh, including increasing demand for the uh, audio interactive uh, entertainment services like audio live streaming. And Liji is the first uh, in China to launch the live streaming podcast to connect uh, the podcasters with the users. Yeah, and you were the first company as well, I think, to get um, promoted as a podcast app by Apple. Why is it, do you think, that uh, Apple uh, chose your app to show off in the Chinese uh, Apple App Store? few angles. Like, firstly, I believe we provide high-quality contents. And secondly, we have like, improved the in-house technology to support the audio live streaming as well as the podcast playing to enable a stable and smooth audio experiences for our users. And then we, we have also been exploring the in-car audio market to integrate our products into more uh, vehicles and help 
content creators to reach a broader audience base. We aim to like help the whole industry grow even further. Yeah, which is a which is a good thing. What what sort of podcasts really succeed in China? Um, certainly, when I looked into this a few years ago, it was very much educational based and self improvement and things like that. Um, but is there more entertainment these days in Chinese podcasts? What's working on your platform? Yeah, yeah.、Uh, what you were talking about is more like a PGC contents. It's more like pay for knowledge.、Uh, so, but recently we think、uh, the most popular shows on the Leech podcast, including categories like lifestyle, culture, social topics, and entertainment talk shows,、uh, for example. So it's becoming more like diversified contents. Yeah, that's、uh, that's interesting. What what advice would you give to podcasters or many podcasters around the world who are very interested in getting their content into China? It's a difficult market. What advice would you give them if they want to be heard in China? Well,、uh, firstly, language barriers must be considerable. Yes, but I think with the development of the technology, those platforms may provide like transcripts for the podcasters, so international podcasters can be heard in the China market.、Um, and maybe international podcasters can consider partnerships with local brands or、uh, local content creators to localize. Or adapt their contents for the Chinese market. Yeah, now that that makes an awful lot of sense, and I know that there are companies doing that in all parts of the world, from from Japan to、uh, the United Arab Emirates and many other places. And so that would make、uh, an awful lot of、uh, sense. And I know that、uh, the China Podfest、uh, has been a very big conference、uh, in China for the past couple of years, and I know that uh, uh, your company has been involved in that as well. So、um, yeah, so I'm looking forward, maybe in the future, to being able to. Travel uh, and uh, and uh, hear a little bit more.、Um, Effie, thank you so much for your for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a nice day. So yeah, it's interesting to get an insight into China. Let's get behind that、uh, firewall of China.、Um, so it's. Noting that it's going from that educational market space to the more, I guess, like the West, the entertainment side of podcasting. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting to hear Effie say that. And you know, I think、uh, one of the problems that we've had in the past is when we've been asking people in China about what podcasts do you listen to, they have been assuming that we have meant. Uh, audio. I forget the term that she used in the interview, but、uh, you know, audio self improvement,、uh, and those are all paid for, and they assume that we talk about that, and that's a completely different market, of course. So really interesting to hear from、uh, Effie, and interesting also that they're working on live,、um, you know, podcasts、uh, as well in that country.、Um, not sure that they'll be using the podcast index stuff,、um, but、um, you know, fascinating to hear what they're doing. Doing with that and with automotive as well.、Mm. Now moving on,、uh, Joe Rogan. Yes, we have to mention him again. Oh, Joe Rogan.、Mm. It seems two hundred and seventy scientists have got very upset with him this week, James,、uh, and some medical professionals as well. They've written to Spotify about Joe Rogan's podcast, asking for Spotify to moderate misinformation on its platform after a recent episode with Robert Malone. 
What's Joe been doing? Well, so Joe did a interview with uh, Robert Malone, who has, um, well, I mean, really, you, you know, was saying all kinds of weird and wonderful things about COVID-19 and all of that. He used um, the podcast to talk about all kinds of falsehoods and unfounded theory that leaders have hypnotized the public. Um, most of those statements have been discredited anyway. He's compared pandemic policies to the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just offensive and objectionable stuff. And so, um, yeah, and so these people, 270 of them, um, have uh, written to uh, Spotify and basically said, look, you're paying this guy to say all of this stuff. You should not be enabling your hosted media to damage public trust in scientific research and you shouldn't be sowing doubt in the credibility of that data-driven guidance offered by medical professionals. Um, Spotify have said nothing, um, which is uh, fairly typically par for the course in terms of uh, Spotify, but I just don't understand what Spotify is doing allowing this sort of stuff, this clear misinformation. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Clear misinformation. Um, I don't understand why they're allowing this stuff on the, on their platform and paying the person who is doing it. So they're putting the dollar before their morals, basically, James, is what I would say. Um, it, it just, uh, yeah, I just think someone is going to get sued sometime soon and then this sort of story or sort of platform noise will be cleared up. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, I mean, he... He ends up, he's very clever because uh, Rogan is very clever because he's got a very cunning way of avoiding uh, accountability because he turns around and he says, well, don't, don't, don't trust me. I'm a moron. Mm. You shouldn't be trusting me. Um, and that's fine. But that's not really the right, you know, the right way of, of, of doing this. And it's different, I think, if you're, a podcast if you're a podcast platform and you're taking third-party podcasts, you can't necessarily be accused of, um, you know, of, of, of uh, policing the content in, in those. And that's, I think, a different conversation. But I think given that Spotify is paying this guy and making the shows, it's a different, it's a different, you know, part of that. And when, you know, um, I mean, you know, Rogan has said all kinds of uh, stuff about uh, he's unvaccinated. He's used, um, you know, horse medicine and all of that. Um, he, he, he said some really, um, some really, you know, bad things. And the average age of his listeners is 24. So what are they going to do? Are they going to sit there and go, well, you know, Joe sounds like a, a decent enough chap. Um, you know, I'll believe what he's saying and I won't believe what, you know, I won't believe what anybody else is saying. Um, so, you know, I, I just think... Um, I just think there's, there's, there's one conversation around... Um, around uh, um, third-party podcasts and all of that, there's a very different conversation around actually sitting there paying this guy to say all of this kind of, of uh, stuff. And, you know, and as the doctors say, um, uh, unvaccinated 12 to 34-year-olds are 12 times more likely to go to hospital if they catch COVID than if they're vaccinated. So he is actually not just... It's not just misinformation and that's a bad thing. It's He is actually killing people. Um, and he should probably stop killing people. 
is my is my view. Mind you, I was called um, by one of Joe Rogan's fans this week, um, who was who was uh, furious that I had reported that 270 doctors had written in, and I pointed out that I didn't report that 270 doctors had written in. I reported that 270 scientists and medical um, um, <laughs> medical industry people had written in, and that's rather different than doctors. Um, but he called me woke, and uh, I think something to do with George Soros, apparently. So I don't uh, know. Yes. Yeah. So um, so yes. apparently, uh, yeah. So apparently, it's me, and I'm just regurgitating the stuff from the mass media. So um, uh, so there you go. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. So Fox News is. Tucker Carlson, who is uh, is the Joe Rogan of Fox News, basically, with a massive audience in the US, yes. he was taken to court for some of his statements that he made, which were outlandish. Yeah. And Fox's lawyers actually had a defence, which was, nobody should believe anything that Tucker Carlson says. He's a fool, and it's just opinion. It's not news. Move on. And because of that defence... He was let off. Yeah, yes, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, but there will be people who listen to Tucker Carlson, um, absolutely, uh, and believe it. And in the same way, there will be people who listen to Joe Rogan. Now, Tucker Carlson can claim that he's entertainment, not news, which I think was his claim, and I'm sure that Joe Rogan could could uh, claim that too. Um, but I think that's just being dishonest, dishonest with the American audience, because uh, it is mostly an American audience. Thank heavens, and dishonest with your shareholders particularly if you're spotify that you are enabling this type of thing um you know going on what must your shareholders think you know it's the most it's the most tremendous thing but i can also hear adam curry and dave jones steam coming out of their ears now uh so uh, we should we should probably i should probably get off this high horse uh and talk yes. about other things what could, what else can we talk about that might annoy adam curry and dave jones i know we could talk about dynamic ad insertion couldn't we <laughs> okay is this the german version of dynamic ad insertion that we're going to be talking about a company called julep hosting has launched dynamic baked in what is dynamic baked in assertion it, it's uh, yeah what what is it is a good question they call it a system that allows a bridge between baked in advertising and dai it allows messages to be replaced with updated audio basically the german market uh, in terms of podcast hosting hasn't had baked in ads uh, as yet um and so from that point of view uh you know this is a brand new thing for the uh, german market julep hosting is doing some quite neat things so yeah so it was interesting seeing that but also, I think, interesting seeing the research from First Story that uh, also came out uh, this week. Yeah, it said 48% of podcast downloads are from old shows. So, yeah. And that they're still monetizable if you use DAI. Yeah. So if you um, have old shows um, that you can still slot new advertising into, then, of course, that makes a, a bunch of sense. And it was interesting seeing that data from First Story. 48% are, are, are of shows which are older than one month um, because Audio Boom also um, gave that kind of data in the middle of last year. Uh, I think it was over 50% 
90% were back catalogue show downloads and they had built this thing called AdRip, I think, which allowed them to rip out old ads and put new ads in there instead. Um, so I think that's a pretty clever technology and it's good to see that, uh, you know, dynamic audio insertion is being used to, you know, at least you won't hear old, out-of-date ads, which might be, frankly, a little bit mis. Uh, misinformation for themselves because the offers may well have gone or the prices may well have changed and um, being able to actually get new ads in those old shows which i think is pretty neat okay now favorite time of the week uh we have Boostergram Corner, James. We do. Uh, we have Boostergram Corner. We'll actually have Boostergram Corner properly back next week. But one of the things I was going to say is if you do find this podcast valuable, it's up to you, you, to support it. Uh, Buzzsprout are lovely. Uh, they do sponsor this podcast. Um, but, um, you know, we're very nice and we don't charge very much. And uh, we should probably charge more. And um, uh, if you find that this podcast is valuable, um, then uh, we would love to see some of that value back. If you're using a new podcast app, the best way is to hit the boost button um, and uh, send us a boostergram or just a boost. That would be a lovely thing or just set a very high streaming sats number. Uh, and if you don't do that, then at some point we should um, start thinking about podcast inbox or any of these other things uh, as well in there. But uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a fan of this show then uh, we would very very much appreciate value for value and getting a little bit of that value back indeed we would now a friend of the show benjamin bellamy he's uh given us an exclusive about castapod what's he up to yeah so castapod which has been um a bit of a sort of uh, hidden away thing it's a self-hosted podcast um hosting company and uh he is just about to make a big announcement he'll be making an announcement on uh tuesday about the fact that um, it is actually it's going, it's going to come out as version one uh, in beta. Um, and uh, he's releasing a brand new website and all kinds of things. I think the very exciting thing in there, uh, exciting for me, was the fact that it's going to have Jason LD in it, but nobody else is excited by that. Um, <laughs> much more excited, uh, much more interesting is that um, there's a lot of um, Mastodon stuff in there. There's a lot of um, of Activity Pub, which you're really keen and um, uh, and excited about, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, I I think it's the first step. So again, as I've said, I think podcasting misses the social graph element. We 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 talked about right at the top of the story. You know, Jay Setti. Um, putting support in for listen with users are discovered playlists and mm. i'm a, as i said i'm a firm believer that 2022 is going to provide the tools for listeners to give interactivity and feedback to creators a lot of the podcast index stuff is all about creators adding metadata which is wonderful and that's great for podcast seo and other things but as listeners, we have been very mute in the conversation. And if you have a value for value exchange, it doesn't have to be sad. It could be just me telling you what I think of your podcast. And so Activity Pub allowing you to put a comment on a particular podcast on a particular app, but then having that comment f fundamentally attach itself to that podcast so that it appears on other apps that support the Activity Pub co-comment is great. So suddenly... I can make a comment and you can make a comment and we can see both of those comments because we're using two different apps that support ActivityPub. We don't have to try and find that comment by 
loading multiple different apps. And I just think it's a great mm. first step in interactivity for users and uh, creating this, I, I, I think it's a bad word, but um, like a podverse of, you know, apps that support it. So we've yes. got a, a uniform sure. space that... Yes, no, you're right. I'm not sure that Podverse supports it yet, uh, which, of course, is an app by itself. <laughs> but yes, but I know exactly what you yes. mean. And actually, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the biggest problem that podcast hosts have, the biggest financial risk to them is that podcasters stop podcasting because they get bored of it and they don't get any feedback from their listeners. Um, and if you can get feedback from your listeners, which is why I'm so excited about Boostergrams and things like that, and why I'm so excited about um, cross-app comments, comments that you can see across loads of different apps. I know that people are talking about this podcast in the Good Pods app. I don't use the Good Pods app. I can't see the comments in there. There's probably comments about this podcast in the Podcast Addict app as well, which I believe also has comments. But I don't use that app either, so I don't see any of those comments. What a waste of time. Let's have all of these comments so that they are um, shared across the Fediverse, um, shared across uh, all kinds of different uh, tools so that you can see them whatever uh, podcast app you use in the same way as you can listen to the audio whatever podcast app you use so Castapod comes with that it's actually come with that for a while um, but really good to see them moving into a you know a version 1.0 um, it's got a nicer UX in there it, it, it produces video clips it does all kinds of stuff it's um, available as a progressive web app as well so you can do all kinds of things um, IB version to compliant audience measurement, you know, all of this kind of stuff, which is really, really good. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be available um, to download from uh, Monday and um, you'll be able to uh, download it and install it onto your own box and uh, you can be entirely self-reliant, uh, which is a very smart thing. Yeah, it's a bit like WordPress for podcasting, I guess, in that sense, uh, being able to put, yeah, put your own host out. The other thing that's interesting about ActivityPub, uh, and I haven't really got an answer, so I'd love, you know, maybe you, James, or, or Dave to, to, you know, tell me. One of the things that, I think we miss from whatever we're going to call it, the Fediverse, the Podiverse, whatever this universal yes. grouping is, is a, a yeah. universal sign-on. So if I'm in something like a Mastodon uh, account, which also uh, uh, supports ActivityPub, I could log in with my account and I can get into the Mastodon account for uh, social index, for the podcast index. I could use that same credentials on Castapod if they support um, that same credential coming mm, in. Mm. What I'm trying to say is I'm looking for a, that single login. So we, we all know, for example, if I use, um, let's say, Medium, I can log in with email, but I can also say, oh, I'd like Facebook or Twitter to uh, authenticate my credentials, and that's using OAuth. Now, OAuth yeah. 2.1 supports the uh, ActivityPub standard. So in effect, I could say, instead of, say, Twitter or Facebook, I could say, oh, yeah, I want to log into Castapod, but I want to use my Mastodon account as my credentials, please. And so mm. we could fundamentally have a single sign-on for multiple apps using one one. Uh, credential. And you accuse me of being too geeky sometimes in this podcast. 
<laughs> but yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think that, I think the things that you can do once you start merging things together are really interesting. And you know, I see there being real opportunity and real benefit in 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 uh, you know supporting all of this uh, stuff as well. I mean, even frankly, just being able to read these uh, comments is a good start. But being able to post them from the podcast app that you run, uh, you know, as well is also a good thing. So uh, yeah, very much uh, worthwhile looking forward to that. There'll be a story in Monday's Pod News all about Casterpod. Yeah, the the last tricky part is clearly combining Boostergram's wallets and authentication of users. So that'll be the uh, holy grail, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And I'm sure that there are um, things being thought of around that. I think what's been really interesting is everybody wants the cross-comment, you know, the cross-commenting stuff to work. Everybody wants it to be there and to be easy to develop for. Um, And so there's been some uh, conversations over the last few weeks in uh, the Podcast Index social around actually taking the specification that we have and making it easier for developers and easier for people to just get this stuff into uh, new apps. And the fact that nobody has properly implemented it yet in terms of apps um, is, I think, a a bit of a signpost that the current spec is a bit too complicated and is there a way to make it easier and simpler. And those conversations have been going on in lots of different ways. And I think it's great that those conversations are going on because actually it shows that people are passionate in in getting this stuff done but i think it's going to be a tremendous opportunity for podcast hosting companies because they will suddenly see that actually you know all of the hard work that they have to do to keep people podcasting to not uh, allow people to get bored and disillusioned and that's when they close their podcast hosting you know account um you know, that's going to be an awful lot easier once you make it easier for people to comment on podcasts and to give feedback. And that's the real reason why people start wittering on about, you know, give us a five-star review and a rate and a, and a rating in, you know, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's going to be really interesting. By the way, talking about ratings and reviews, Podcast Guru, exactly. which is a very good... Uh, app, which is on both Android and on iOS. Uh, It's not a new podcast app yet, so far as I'm aware, but it's got um, some nice uh, tools in there. Uh, It now does um, uh, reviews from Podchaser. Uh, So you can read and add reviews direct from your Podcast Guru app, uh, which is uh, quite neat. You can also see ratings from Podchaser within Podnews as well. Um, So this sort of thing is going on, but that's going on in a a proprietary way, and it'd be nice to see that a little bit more open as well. Yeah, I think the key element is you can now add your reviews in Podcast Guru that go across the Podchaser. Mm. So it's not just a read-only, it's a read and write as well, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, no, indeed. Twitter spaces, James, how, how are you getting on with them? Oh, uh, I think Twitter spaces, I was on a Twitter space thing this morning. Uh, it was a podcast pitch thing. Lots of people came on and pitched podcasts. I wrote literally all of them down and they're in, in pod news today. Um, so uh, a wide mix of different shows. But yeah, it, it works very well. It's a much more social experience than Clubhouse because you know quite a lot of the people there. Um, and it seems to work quite nicely and they're making even more 
more podcast-friendly because Twitter Spaces can now be recorded by anyone. And in fact, I link to that podcast pitching party. Um, not sure it was much much of a party. Certainly wasn't for me at seven in the morning. But nevertheless, um, Shh, don't tell <laughs> Boris; he'll be there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Is he still your prime minister? Who'd have thought it? Last last night. Yeah, yeah still yeah, going. Who'd have thought it? Anyway, um, uh, yes, you can you can uh, now go back and uh, have a listen to that podcast pitching party as well, which is uh, quite neat. So uh, yeah, interesting to see Twitter doing that sort of thing. Interesting to see the. Uh, you know, Clubhouse, um, you know, not going anywhere. Has, has anybody mentioned Fireside recently, Fireside Chat? No? Okay, well, let's not mention it. I got an email from them this week saying hello. I bet you Would did. Would you like to come join us? Yeah. 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 Did, it, did it say something about uh, you can join us for a time-limited period? Um, it probably did, but I ignored it after the hello, it's Fireside. Yeah, yeah. I, I got one of those in October. And uh, they're still being sent out. Time limited period. We've only got limited spaces available. Well, clearly not that that limited, are they? <laughs> Bless them. They're keeping on going. I'm sure Mark Cuban will be pouring in some more money into that uh, fairly shortly. I wonder if they'll if they'll be at Podcast Movement Evolutions. Who knows? I'm sure they will. Yeah. Mark Asquith, now he's got time to put his feet up and relax after the sale of Captivate. Sure he doesn't. He's done a great deep dive into why podcast engagement is broken and how we can fix it for ourselves. Indeed. It's uh, worth uh, a listen. I think it's the Podcast Accelerator and uh, well worth a listen. He's putting a bit more time into that uh, now, which is interesting. Uh, Dave Jones and um, Adam Curry in the Podcasting 2.0 podcast talking about the live item tag, um, which is uh, worth, worth a listen. Um, I think it's worth a listen, if only because actually the conversation has moved on since episode 69. So who knows what episode 70 will be about. Um, but uh, again, it's a really interesting uh, listen, uh, is that as well. And our friend Brian at Sounds Profitable has got a guest writer. And how do you say her name, James? Yeah, Kayla. Kayla Littman, or at least that's how I'm going to pronounce it. It could be Kyla. Um, but I'm going to assume it's Kayla until she writes uh, to me and uh, <laughs> tells me off. Um, she's actually writing a monthly column now, which is uh, called Good Data. And she is going to go through lots of pieces of research about podcasting and pull out some of the salient points and tell us why we should care about it, uh, which is really good, idea, um, a really bright idea for uh, Brian to be uh, doing. And she wrote her first one of those um, this week. Uh, you'll find it at soundsprofitable.com. I will include all the links to those podcasts in our show notes. Indeed, yes. Now, there's some good events coming up. There are some good events coming up, you're right. And um, there is a Podcasting Futures uh, event coming up in uh, February in London. It's being run by Podcast Radio. Uh, You can find out more about that at thepodcastradio.com, which should be quite good. I've been asked to speak. It's quite difficult for me to get to London and... um, not sure that February is the right time, really, because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But anyway, um, so that's coming up. And then there's Podcast Movement Evolutions, which is in March in Los Angeles, in California. The good news is the Queensland government has allowed me to leave the country for this one, so I can actually go to it. Hooray! So I've booked the flights today. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing that. Um, 
and uh, that should be that should be a thrill. I'm really looking forward to getting out and um, going to uh, California and seeing people again, which should be good. Yeah, get that dust off that passport. Well, I'll be using a new passport, of course. Um, I suddenly realised that this will be the oh. first time that I'll be using my new Australian passport, mate. Good day. Uh, so, so that should be fun. Looking forward to uh, that. Are you going to be making the the trip um, uh, over the sea? I'm, yeah, pretty much sure that I'm going to be there now. Um, I'm, you know, really looking forward to it. I, I haven't been to a podcast event like this before. So, yeah, I'm going to be the newbie on the block. Well, it should be great. We will be recording our show uh, there. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. Uh, seeing if we can get the technology to work for that. Um, I will also be, uh, while I'm there, I will also be doing a presentation, uh, for a Canadian broadcaster. So that makes sense. <laughs> Hold up in a room in Los Angeles, talking to people in Canada, but still there you go. So that should be fun. And, uh, if you just want to stay at home, uh, and do, uh, and, and attend events at home, then that's cool two podbean has published a list of their live events um for the first quarter um they've signed up some really good speakers actually pacific content is there sounds profitable brian barletta friend of the show uh bbc world service will also be there uh talking about all kinds of things too uh and then of course coming up in may is the podcast show in london where you and i will apparently be on stage doing this very show in front of a invited audience mm-hmm. uh, which should be fun too now i've also had uh, some really interesting podcast reading pieces if anyone's interested we talked about podping a little earlier in this podcast uh alex gates wrote the evolution of podping so i'll be putting a link to that podcasting 2.0 the evolution of podping well worth a read if you're into that tech. indeed um you also um are keen to link to the radio center's ceo ian moss so the radio center is the lobbying group for commercial radio in the uk he's sharing his thoughts on radio in 2022 apparently that sounds interesting i might uh, i might click through and read that <laughs> see where see whether i agree with him um uh, so that's yeah. worthwhile uh, reading and another friend of the show as well yeah matt deegan put seven habits of highly effective podcasters and it really is a quite a good read actually if you're a new to podcasting or if you're a seasoned podcaster give it a scan it's well worth it uh, again i'll put a link in the show notes yeah and finally evo terra another friend of the show uh was talking in podcast pontifications that we should make private podcasting data public and publish listening figures and you know that's a, a strange old thing because i have been saying to any podcaster that i ad- ad- advise and any uh, company that i use you know so PodTrack and captivate and um and uh, uh chartable and various other ones you should have a tick box to make um to make the stats page for my podcast public because i'm perfectly happy for people to see my data um so there should be a tick box uh in order for that to be uh, available and no one has yet taken me up on that so it's interesting seeing that evo is keen that we that we all make our uh, data public he goes quite far he does go and start talking about revenue and all that kind of stuff not so sure about that but i think certainly publishing our downloads and our you know i mean i um uh, pod news publishes downloads and subscriber numbers and open rates and page views it's all there so um you know i, I would agree wouldn't i well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, 
a little bit about what you should be reading. Um, James, that's it, really. Uh, so what else has been happening for you this week in Podland? Yes, I've been booking flights to Los Angeles and um, uh, trying to find out how annual travel insurance works again now, uh, which is nice. Uh, also looking forward to speaking at Canadian Music Week in June in Toronto. Uh, that should be really cool. So uh, I'm not sure they've announced me yet, but uh, very much looking forward to uh, speaking there. Uh, what have you been doing this week, uh, Sam? Yeah, I was, as I said, on the new media show last night with Todd and Rob, so give that a listen. Um, and I've been wireframing, so that's been fun all week. Oh, wireframing. Well, there's a thing. Mm. Excellent. Uh, and that's it for this week. Next week, Scott Waxman from Diversion Podcasts will talk about how books work with podcasts. And coming up, Hala Taha about social media and podcasting. Please follow Podland in your podcast app and on Twitter at Podland News. You can also find previous shows on the web at www.podland.news. Yes, and if you want daily news, you should get Pod News. The newsletter is free at podnews.net. The podcast can be found at your pod. The podcast can be found in your podcast app, and there's also pod.events and podjobs.net as well. And all the stories we've discussed on Podland are in the show notes. We use chapters and transcripts too. Our music is from Ignite Jingles, and we're hosted and sponsored by our good friend Buzzsprout. Keep listening. Keep listening.